Welcome to the Social Media Love Podcast where you will discover how to get more clients on social media with proven social selling strategies. And now, your host, social media marketing coach, influencer, speaker, and founder of Social Media Love, Angelique Benet. Social media, love it or hate it? In a world where the average daily screen time is almost seven hours a day, including social media, how can women entrepreneurs get a piece of this marketplace and finally fall in love with their fear of becoming visible, i.e. sharing their voice, ideas, stories, irresistible lucrative offers, beliefs, leadership and expertise with a community of like-minded individuals in a way that feels good, genuine and healthy. This show is exactly about this via storytelling, interviews and social media marketing tutorials. Every week we add a piece to the puzzle. Welcome to Social Media Love Show and welcome to the conversation. So we're going to start um, first. Welcome, Alison, to the real story behind her business. Uh, those guests that I bring to you are just amazing women that I meet mostly on the internet. Yes, you can find amazing people on the internet. And uh, the reason why, oops, we're having a <laughs> an Instagram meltdown. <laughs> right now, we're, we're also live on Instagram. So, and I just saw Alison's phone going <laughs> on the side. So, the, the idea behind this show is to really inspire you. If you're a, a woman entrepreneur, uh, and you are hesitant uh, to become more visible online because marketing, if you choose the online world to do your marketing or a part of your marketing, there is no other way than becoming visible, using your voice, your ideas, your stories, presenting your irresistible offers. And Alison going to do that today and uh, to do that with beliefs, leadership and expertise. So the expertise you have, Alison. It's the first time ever that I talk to someone who's expert in this. Um, and it's just fascinating since I talked to you for the first time. Oh, my God. But first, we need to go back to the very, very question I always ask my guest is little Alison when she was five, seven. What was she what did she like to do when she was not at school, if you were going to school? Uh, what were you playing at with that kind of shaped who you became as the Alison uh, Crothwaite psychedelic guide? What a beautiful question. I'm so happy to be here, Angelique. <laughs> so I just answered this recently, actually. I was creating things. I was creating worlds. I... Basically, I would get an idea in my head, like I want our house to be a museum. And I organized the whole house. So I would put all the old fashioned things in one area and all the religious things in one area and all the animal art in another area. And then <laughs> I put string so that there were exhibits. <laughs> Wow. So you couldn't come because, you know, you don't touch things at the museum, right? And then I put flyers in everybody's mailbox on the street. And I said, come to the museum. <laughs> but I didn't tell my parents. 
So this was the kind of girl I was. Yeah. Things. So how did it shape who you became and your mission right now? Tell us, like, before you maybe answer that question, what do you do and who do you serve right now in this world? Sure. I, it's a great connection. So I work as a psychedelic guide. And I work with people who've been working on themselves for some time, maybe therapy, journaling, reading Brene Brown, like trying to understand how can I step into more of who I am? Who am I and how can I be the best version of myself? Those are the people I work with. And I help them using a process and a safe container that I create and helped by psychedelic mushrooms, little bits, imperceptible amounts, I help them step into a new level of personal growth. Oh. So this is what I do. <laughs> and we're going to go deeper on that later. But so now the little girl making a museum out of her own house without telling her parents, inviting the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. And you know what I see in myself? So much vision vision for how it could be like i went to the museum was entranced by it and then thought i can have a museum in my own home and now what i'm doing is i'm saying what if we could have a different relationship to ourselves to natural medicine what if we could step into ourselves at levels we didn't even dream of so i'm still doing the work <laughs> Yeah, but so now I I'm going to ask you because, you, you know, how many years have you been into that world that you've built around uh, mushrooms? I call it mushrooms. It's hard for me to say psychedelic activities. <laughs> how do you say? Like, correct me if I say it wrong. It's really... And, and you guys like see that I am not comfortable to talk about that because I don't know anything about it, but it's okay. I'm going to go for it because I know Alison is going to save my day <laughs> and explain it better than I'm trying to do. But tell me before that you had that big shift in your career, what, you know, what happened to you in terms of what were you doing? Like, how did you come to this shift? Sure. So I worked on Wall Street for 15 years, stock trader and researcher, very stressful, hard pushing kind of life. Exciting too, lucrative. Uh, but I got really stressed out and my relationships were really empty. And while everything looked good on the outside, it wasn't good on the inside. And I found a psychotherapist. And what I really became fascinated by was how powerful it is when somebody listens to you. When somebody's curious about who you are and how you think about the world and doesn't try to tell you how to do things. And this changed my life. And so I went back to school and studied and became a psychotherapist. And my healing journey continued. And yes, my career was more meaningful but I really wanted to have a family. And I went on a journey of um, fertility. I struggled to conceive. And then when I finally conceived, I lost my son at 20 months, Zachary, 20 weeks. How interesting that I say 20 months. And uh, that really broke me. 
I, I really, really, I was brokenhearted as anyone would be. And all of the self-worth pieces that I hadn't figured out kept, came up and they came up big and I became really negative and bitter. And it was clear that I had more healing to do. And I felt called beyond psychotherapy. I, I just knew there was, there was more than the emotional, the talking, which is a beautiful art, but I knew there was more. And I was called to ayahuasca, which is a traditional medicine served in Peru, hallucinogenic, um, very intense. And through my relationship with ayahuasca, I, my life completely changed. And I started to realize what I had thought was normal was actually really depressed and sad and stressed and that there was so much juicy possibility. And that's how I got into it is saying, how can I bring this to us every day? We don't have to go to the jungle. We don't have to barf all night. We can actually experience this incredible um, connection to ourselves and source and everything we ever wanted right here, right now. Yeah, so tell me, so first I want to, to say that I am so sorry for your loss and all the things you went through deeply. And I, I admire the courage you have to come and talk to us like that to kind of show us like how it's possible where no matter where you come from, right, that you can build a journey that fulfills you um, in some way at some point when you're ready for it. And um, so tell me more, you know, because that was the, your journey and it's still your journey. But how did you what was your most burning desire before starting to do this as a business, right? Mm -hmm. Well, this is fascinating because one of the key things about working with psychedelics is intention. And my intention when I worked with ayahuasca the first time was to have a baby. And what happened on my first ceremony, my sexuality woke up. I felt alive. And by sexuality, yes, I mean sex, but I also mean the aliveness, the creativity, the juice, the joie de vivre, all of this, right? And it came alive. And it had been really dormant for a long time. And I continued hoping that I was going to get my miracle baby. But as it became clearer and clearer that that was not going to happen, I had to take some steps of faith. I had to just keep going. And there was a period of just keeping going and not knowing what the hell I was doing, but I'm just going to keep going. And then it wasn't that long ago, maybe three or four months ago, that someone said to me, Allison, you realize you're birthing change on this planet, that you're mothering change. Ah! <laughs> we still hear you when it falls. It's okay. <laughs> So I, I, my phone responds to my emotions clearly. And so it's like, this is my intention was to have a baby. And actually I have a baby beyond anything I could imagine, but I had to let go, let go of the form that I wanted, the life that I thought I wanted and to allow life to show me what it has for me. And, that's and then the, yeah. So what, what, um, so now how do you 
put that into shape in as a business like what how what's your um how do you feel your business i guess how do i how, oh my like gosh. how <laughs> <laughs> how do i how, how so are you okay let's take you need something to to stabilize it um let's let's try here okay I think we're good. Are we good? Okay. Yeah. So my, my question was like, from that point of view, how to how did you make it a business, right? So because ha having a business is like having clients, having an audience, selling something. So how did you sh transfer it, I guess, from you to them? That's a great question. So a big part of what I see is I've been faithful to those inner promptings for a long time. Like when I was a psychotherapist, I was blogging every week for about five years about mm. psychotherapy. And I built an audience. And I didn't know why I was doing it. I just knew I had more to say. And This, I've been building this over time, and this is really important. It takes time. And so then as I started to change, people noticed that I was changing, and some of them drop off and new people come. And it's, it's about a real consistency of bringing myself to the world. And that, so the, it wasn't such a big transfer in some ways. It's happening mm -hmm. organically. I love how you explained that. So you were keeping being visible, but still um, kind of allowing you to be who you were becoming and 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 sharing it, right? I love mm -hmm. that, that it felt natural for you. Yeah, it. I mean, it's kind of magical when I look back, because how did I know to do that? Or, But it's just about following the moment and being really true to ourselves, I think. Yeah, and we talk a lot about that, right, online. Everybody wants to be authentic and, and real and simple. And, and, and you, you didn't even decide it. You did it. And then now you're like, oh, <laughs> I was me all along. Not, yeah. you know, yeah. So um, uh, once you, you, so your blog helps you to get the audience and everything. Now, what was the... The, the solution that you created for your audience in the context of um, what you're doing currently. So what is the solution that you brought to the world? Yeah, so I have two streams. One is macro dosing, which is full dosing, and that's done locally near Toronto. And then I have an online program, which is the microdosing, the very small amounts of mushrooms that are imperceptible and work with you. And what I do is I have a 10-week program and you join it and I help you find the medicine, know how much, know when to take it, set your intention. And then when you go on the journey, I support you in saying, well, you know, maybe what's happening is exactly what you asked for, even when it looks like maybe it wasn't what you asked for. And I give you tools to work with emotions and tools to connect with nature and spirit. And we go on this journey together. It's a, a really powerful group. And that is what I offer to people all over the world.
So tell me more. Give, let's dive into an example without naming anybody, but give me sure. an example. Maybe um, I'm, I'm sure you have women entrepreneurs in your uh, circle, right? So how how do I know that I want to try this journey? How do I know? Yeah. So the key part is you feel called to the mushrooms. They call us. So you feel drawn to them. And what you can do is you can relax and do your favorite meditation, or you can sit by a tree and breathe and bring a mushroom to mind and ask it, what relationship should I have with you? What do you have for me? And you'll know, okay. you'll know in your body. And this is how, you know, I have done sales training. I have done, you know, I've, I've learned all the things. But when it comes to my business, people know when they know. They know they're called. And they know they're called to my container. And they join. And it's just complete magic. So, okay. So let's go to... to the person who, who wants to do it and then they contact you and we'll find, we'll put that right away before I forget, by the way, if you want to learn more about your microdosing, is it for you? You have the guide here, expandwithmicrodosing.com. There is a, a free guide that you can download. And uh, so once you are on the journey with you, what, what are the th things that, how does, can it help your business or yourself as a business owner? Tell me more about that. Sure. So psilocybin, from a scientific perspective, psilocybin is the active ingredient in hallucinogenic mushrooms. And what it does is it opens the neuroplasticity in the brain. So I don't know if um, you're familiar with Pavlov's dog, the mm -hmm. scientific experiment right? Where he feeds yeah. the dog and rings the bell. And then he doesn't have to feed the dog anymore. He just rings the bell and they drool because they know it's dinner time. Well, this is us in a million different ways, whether it's the spring air or the ding on our phone or our partner's micro movements, we are conditioned. We have patterns and it's our patterns that keep us feeling like we're safe but also keep us limited. And often we'll have trigger patterns as well. So ways that don't serve us. So what the mushrooms do is they open up these neural networks in the brain, these patterns, and give us a chance to change. So you may see things you haven't seen before. You may feel feelings you haven't felt before. And you may connect to yourself more deeply. You also have a chance to do visualizations and meditations to change the brain. And all of these things create permanent pattern shifts. Wow. I love how you talk about this. Like if, if it's uh, normal and e it's, it's not normal, but easy. <laughs> like uh, I just love how you talk about it and you're so passionate about it. Yeah. Do you use it yourself still now or? What's your relationship right now with those? That's a great uh, question. Um, I rarely use it. I do journey from time to time, full dose. I think it's really important because it's a very delicate um, 
very sacred um, calling. And it's really important that I know in my body what it's like to do it and remember because yeah. it's not intellectual. It's a very, it's basic. It's like being a midwife. I mean, people are going through anything and you don't know what they're experiencing. So I do journey from time to time. Um, micros, I microdose rarely now. I have, I feel that the in-depth work I've done with the psychedelics, and I think this is important because people worry about being dependent or having to take them forever. You don't. You make the changes, and now all I need to do is a meditation, and I can shift my state in a way I couldn't have done before because it's like the bolts are loosened. So I have a lot more ability. The tools are much more effective for me right now is what I'd say than they were five years ago, 10 years ago. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Thank you for sharing all of this. And um, so in that, in uh, I have a few more questions for yeah. you. What are your biggest fears right now as a business uh, woman? Um, how would you qualify, uh, describe them? Oh, my biggest fears. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be, I'm going to be transparent here. Um, my biggest fear is on the legal side. Um, I, I don't break the law. I support people in the choices that they make. I don't sell substances, but this is an emerging area. Um, I firmly believe that, especially as women, we've been um, disconnected from our natural relationship with the earth. And at the same time, it remains illegal. And I, you know, I, I, I fear I fear some kind of um, fight that I don't want to be in. Like, I'm not interested in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing with us. And so coming back to social media, what's your relationship with social media in the context of your organization? Yeah, so I'm really enjoying LinkedIn. And my biggest challenge is consistency. I know that I need to to spend a year being on one platform. And I'm a Gemini, <laughs> sad rising. It's consistency is not my uber strong point. Um, the museum creator always has a new idea. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I need to be consistent and that's a challenge. I don't mind it at all. I'm pretty good about sorting through what I like and what I don't like. And I'm gonna plug LinkedIn right now because people are trying to be professional there, has a really nice vibe. It doesn't go, beauty is not the thing. Intelligence is the thing. People like intelligence and humanity. And I, it's a really good place to be right now. Good. I like how you describe it. Yeah. And finally, um, not finally, I have two more. What something you thought was true at the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey, you know, right from Wall Street to Toronto, um, that was proven wrong to you? Oh, yeah. I think I thought I couldn't do it. Like I thought I wasn't a good speaker. Um, that the problem, oh, this is a big one, that the problems I'd had in my life meant that nobody would want to work with me. Oh, yeah. I didn't understand that the problems are why people want to work with you. 
because we all have them. And now after 10 years of listening to people tell me their problems, I know that every life is a beautiful story. They're not even problems. I don't see them that way anymore. It's just not true that your problems keep you from um, uh, having a thriving business. And even the parenting piece, which is a tender spot for me, I didn't get to mother living children. And I thought, well, who's going to want to work with me? Because I don't even know what it's like to be a parent. Not true. Not true. All those uh, limitation beliefs are, yeah, I love yeah. it. Thank you for sharing this deeply. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And I always like to talk about money as well, relationship to money among mm -hmm. women entrepreneurs, including me. <laughs> mm -hmm. How did your relationship with money, asking for money in exchange of services or programs or even as as a whole, as a, an entity or a thing or whatever you call it, an energy, some people call it an energy. Um, what is, how would you describe, like how much did the entrepreneurial journey s shaped your relationship to money? I've had to do tons of work because I used to make <laughs> a ton of money and I literally didn't do anything and I certainly didn't do anything for the world. Like, it was like being paid for bad behavior. It was really wild. So I have the nervous system. Like, I know what it is to make a lot of money, but not for being myself and not for contributing. And I had lots of limiting beliefs. And I've gone from being a student therapist who made $40 an hour all the way up to now being paid well for what I do and probably not well enough for the container that I hold into, you know, my pricing probably isn't where, where it ultimately will be. And it's a journey and it's a journey in the body. Like I could say, Oh, my work is worth a hundred thousand dollars. It is, it absolutely is. But I can't hold that in my body. That's I love it. Tell me more about the, let's go deeper on that. The body connections to a number, for example. <laughs> yeah. It's really interesting. Um, it's like, what number am I comfortable with? And yes, we have to push our comfort zone a little bit, but if we push it too much, then we're uptight. And what are you actually, what is the value I offer you? I offer you my full presence. So it has to be a number that lets me root all the way down to my butt, my belly, my solar plexus, like I need to be able to feel myself when I say the number and feel really good about it. I love it. How you point the, the parts of the body where it feels warm or, I don't know, or activated, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God, Alison. Thank you so much, so much. So much. Is there anything else you wish I had had? asked you that I didn't and we can actually do it now. <laughs> I think the only thing I would just add is most people come to microdosing and psychedelics with a lot of questions. And if you mm -hmm. feel activated by those questions, that means there's probably something to explore. And those questions are normal. I, I have tons of FAQs on the website we put up. And I, I encourage you to investigate and just acquaint yourself with the practice of mushrooms because they're beautiful teachers. And whether you choose to use them or not, I'm really passionate about us accepting these plants as part of the range of 
healing that's out there for human beings. Wow. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So if you want to learn more, start there, the guide at www.expandwithmicrodosing.com. And uh, in the meantime, um, I know you have some a retreat coming up as well. We can just mention it oh, for yeah. people who are in the Toronto area. Right. Is that correct? That's correct. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, there is a retreat June 10 to 12, July 16, 17. There's one in August and October as well. Um, I would love to talk to anyone who feels drawn. Um, yeah. Powerful weekends. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much, Alison. And if you're watching the replay and you're, um, and you know, you have questions, just directly reach out to Alison or send a, a comment here and I'll direct you to Alison. Uh, but just tell us what ma made you smile or made you say, Oh my God, I want yeah. to be me like that as well. And I forgot to say, but if you need help for, um, you know, what part of your story should you share online around this video somewhere, you should see a link that says 10 ideas for a woman entrepreneur who wants to do more storytelling in their content. So I give you some prompts just to go back in your childhood, in your whatever you did in your life. And that's going to help you figure out, oh, I could share that with my audience because that would explain why I have those programs, why I became that coach or whatever. Okay. On that note, thank you so much for your time and see you soon. Thank I'm going to stop here. Bye-bye. Thank you, Alison. And here You've been listening to the Social Media Love Podcast from Angelique Benet. If you want to grow your product or service business with social media, visit socialmedialoveab.com.